Hey, everyone. Welcome to Get Better at Business. I really appreciate you listening. I'm Travis Richards. And you and I are going to spend the next 20 or so minutes learning some really cool and helpful lessons from a really smart person that can help us improve our companies, our teams, our careers. In addition to being a really smart person, uh, our guest today, Scott Levy, just keeps on racking up like interesting points. So I I, I was I, I stopped by Scott's house this morning to you know and he shared a cup of coffee with me and he's just like Scott. In addition to being an entrepreneur, having a you know fantastic resume of working with some really big companies that we've worked with, like he's also he's one of these guys. He's like he's he's into martial arts. We're walking through his house today and I get up there and he's got a drum set up there. He's like, oh yeah, well I used to be in a band you know back in the day and so like he's. In addition to being brilliant, also super interesting. And so, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. And ah, that's, that's a nice intro. It's a nice way to look at it all. I appreciate it. Well, you know, you're setting in, in, you know, you're setting the bar really high. Now we've got like no no dull folks allowed after having Scott Levy on the show. So, uh, just your first time here, and so just give us a little like entrepreneur origin story, like kind of get everybody just a little sense of who you are, how you kind of got into business and just a little bit of like what led you to um, starting results, uh, result maps. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this is going to sound like crazy, but I was a little kid and my, my dad ran a scrap yard at the time and um, he, he used to restore the products that came through. It was his, his family's business. He took over from his father and, and he, loved building things and loved history and he would just restore stuff like incredible stuff but one day we walked back to the shop where they fixed the trucks and he shows me this car they're working on and he goes you know this is a ford and it was a model t or a model a whatever the first one was he's like this is the car this car gave everybody the ability to drive and when that happened we started to pave roads and we started to have service stations and the, ho- the whole economy took off. And he's like painting this picture in, in my head. And how old? Okay. So how old were you when this was going on? <sighs> it would have been five or seven, probably five. Um, and that, that just planted the seed that, okay, if you invent something, it can have a bigger impact on the world than just you. Because he was telling me like, you know, Mr. Mr. Smith's service station over there, that wouldn't be here. and Galveston wouldn't be what it is if we couldn't drive to it and think of all the places we drive to. And he would, he would, he would just describe these pictures. And then, and then with that and the way that he would restore products, we would have every generation of a product. I mean, from like irons that you used to put in the fire so that you could iron clothes to the first electric ones on through and then telephones and, uh, the first telephone I had in my room was one of those with the little, you know, little disc on it. I uh-huh. had an earpiece. Like yeah, he like would, the two, he fix like, those up. Yeah, but like then you we see also like had the kind of crank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we would we would have like several iterations of that. And same thing with record players, Victrolas, they used to call them. You know, we had the the kind like you saw the dog next to on RCA. Then we had the stand up Victrolas on up, and he he just got into restoring them and clocks. And so I kind of grew up in a product museum. So you have like this one thing of like uh, systems, you know, that he kind of planted that early. And then I'm seeing how products evolve. And I was never as, um, I never felt like I was as good with my hands as he was, like he would build things. But when I got into computer software, it was like, 
that made sense to me. And I got into it at a time where I got to watch that ecosystem take off and I could start to see these product evolutions and these ecosystems evolve at a much, at like a tangible pace. Whereas, you know, if you go from the telegraph to the, to the first mobile phone, it's like, you know, lifetimes. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things about like, I don't remember, I can't remember where I heard this, but um, maybe in the innovator's dilemma, but when they were doing this research on, you know, evolutions of products and technologies, it's like, you know, it was kind of the, they studied, um, you know, computers that were, you know, like in memory, like, you know, memory capacity and stuff like that. Cause it was just evolving so rapidly and you more got so long. many more iterations. Yeah. And they talked about how this is why scientists studied fruit flies because a fruit fly will go through its entire life cycle in like a day. Yeah. And so with they're, technology, they're the kind genetic. of technology, yeah, so the t- type of technology that you're talking about, it's like the speed of evolution in software, you know, in computer technology. It just operates at such a much more rapid pace than something like you said, like a car or a telephone, you know? Yeah, and, and, and so, I mean, there's a whole like side of what it means to be an entrepreneur and a CEO and what that, how that was, you know, that was all the people I admired. But the thing I will mention that also made each impression is when I got into... um programming, you know, in Galveston, Texas, there just weren't that many options. And so once I maxed those out, my mom sent me to this computer camp up here in Dallas. And this is going to date me, but this guy from Apple came and told us about this new product they had that was going to use what they called a graphical user interface. It was called the Mac. And he was explaining to us how it worked. And at the time, this is going to tie into some of your later questions, like what is an operating system? At the time, operating systems, you know, it was like a house without the sheetrock up. You could see, you could see all the things and, and make connections and everything was discrete programs. But once they put that graphical user interface on, it made a lot of that tra- or invisible. You couldn't see it. It was going on kind of behind the curtain. And again, so then I got to see that whole thing like, okay, this is how these pieces come together over time. And so, you, you know, you, that gets in you and you start thinking about systems in a way that maybe all of us don't get to. So I was very fortunate, um, you know, where I grew up and to have a dad that was into history and, and, and ran a business. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that those things would all come together later. It all makes perfect sense now. Um, but, you know, the people he admired tended to uh, create systems. He, George Mitchell's from Galveston. He built the Woodlands. He built Mitchell Energy. He grew up in Galveston. You know, my family kind of knew him at a distance. I think he went to school with one of my great uncles. And uh, he was somebody who built systems and built this incredible company by thinking about, I'm kind of jumping ahead because I was reading your questions. I'm like, wow, this is going to flow. But but thinking about like, what are the problems we can solve if we bring and put things together? And I think that that's kind of a good segue. And so like, you know, there's a lot of like a business, you know, is is kind of like a, you know, the the the, the Mac analogy is a really good one, I think, because inside of a business, you have all of these processes that are going on, right? You have all of these, you have everything that is working behind the scenes where it's like every business has several things in common where there's like, hey, you have to, 
you have some kind of sales, you have some kind of operations, you've got some kind of, you know, finance and administration activity and that kind of stuff. And just like on the inside of a computer system, you're, it's, it's all ones and zeros back there, you know, code that's talking to each other. But Apple kind of overlaid something that, like you said, just kind of put this curtain up to where you didn't have to see all the stuff that was going on back. And it gave the user sort of this structured framework for being able to interact with all of those things that are happening inside the business. Without thinking, right? Yes. I mean, like it, it changes, it changes how you think. That was the first time I remember going, oh, that's amazing. And it wasn't like I went, oh, that's amazing. And we'll also launch a new industry and all these things. Cause I was like 13, but I went, this is brilliant. That's like, of course this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so, in, as you alluded to, there's now like kind of this, you know, in the business world, there's kind of this industry that has popped up that is all about overlaying kind of the equivalent of a GUI over the top of everything that's going on in business. And so, you know, Catco, my company, we run on EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, but there's also scaling up. And I know that Great Game of Business by Jack Stack, that book has an operating system that's also going into it. So, like, Frame up the idea of the operating system in terms of a business as opposed to like in a computer. Just kind of lay it out for the people of like, this is when people talk about a business operating system, this is what they are talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think that that metaphor has been really helpful to get people think about the system, thinking about the system that is the, a business. Because if you don't have systems for your business, you've really kind of just got a job or a collection of jobs. It's not a, it's not really an entity that you can that has a lot of intrinsic value outside of just the people who are there. And with an operating system, or, or let me back up, when you can systematize a business, now you have a thing that has a life of its own. And so if you look at Michael Gerber and all these other authors who've written about businesses when all the way on back, the hallmark of a, of a real business is it's a system, it's a flywheel, it's a machine almost that can have a life of its own and you can plug different people in or bring different people in, but this thing is an asset you could sell. And it used to be like this book, Michael Gerber, Michael Gerber's book came out. Um, was it the E-Myth? And, and he was very big on, you know, let's document processes. And what I like about EOS in particular, where they kind of went with the Mac angle was they went, okay, well, yeah, you can define your processes, but there's a core you have to have, and this is going to be non-negotiable. You have to get all these things in place the same way, you know, so the analogy there is like, you can go today and you can install any Linux is the name of the operating system that Mac is loosely based on or grew up with, but you can just install all these different versions of Linux. There's like so many flavors. They have code names and all of them have different little chunks of things that do things differently or make setup easier, or make security easier. It's a lot of decisions. And Windows is great for large corporations, and no disrespect to Windows, but like they're highly, 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 highly configurable. That's always been their hallmark. The Mac, you just open it up, and you like, you know, you answer a couple of questions, and all of a sudden, your whole life's like right there, laid out and organized. And so what EOS does, the entrepreneurial operating system, it says, okay, if you want to build a saleable asset, 
and an asset that doesn't require you as a CEO to, you know, have to push every wheel or run every race or whatever metaphor you want. Here you go. Here's the, a lot of those decisions are taken care of. Um, and it's not that you just, you know, as you know, plug it in and go, but the idea is you have all the little sub processes that connect that get hidden now. So you don't have to think about them. Yeah. And so the, like, I guess bring it down like one horizon. And so like, so just to give everybody a little bit more background. So Scott's company, Scott has a very, you know, is uniquely qualified to talk about some of these business systems because result maps, his company, it's, it is a, it's a software platform that would allow that's sort of agnostic to whether you are running EOS or scaling up or one of these other operating systems. And so Scott has had a lot of exposure to these various, to these different ones. The, for somebody that's just kind of ignorant of this idea, like I was before I stumbled into EOS, you know, I didn't even really understand what a business operating system was. So just kind of give like some a practical, like, this is like what this thing is. Like if you were to start running one of these business operating systems, this is kind of what it tells you to do. This is like, you know, the, yeah. these are the boxes that this thing's check. Well, well, I'm not going to try to out EOS EOS because they do a fantastic job of saying these are the six main areas of every business, you've got to have them. Um, where they vision, data, people, what they call issues. Um, traction is your strategy. What am I forgetting? Traction is traction's like your rhythm, like your kind of your, your, yeah, your rhythm. Of like getting it done. Oh, what was the other Did one? They put rocks in it. Yeah, so this is... But anyway, it, at a high level, it's like there's five or six things that all businesses have to do. Strategic planning... Yeah regular meetings of, of rhythm and prioritizing, you know, your people, your processes, processes, I think is the one that we missed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so what they did was they just went, look, you can take all, you may have 5,000 problems, but they're all going to fall into these six buckets. So let's just nip that in the bud. And, And I think they did it very, very well. So I, I had in my career, I had been working, um, in an area called, uh, collaboration software helping companies work together better, which is another topic I geek out on that didn't get into in my journey, but we've only got so much time. Um, and, and so you start to see the principles that work. What EOS did was they, they took the principles that are just non-negotiable and they made them as easy and as simple to digest as possible. Now it doesn't, I'm not going to say everything's easy because change can often be hard. Simple, simple, not easy. Yeah, they did an incredible job going, you got to have these six things. And if you don't have them, there, you know, it's going to be difficult to say you really have a business system. And there's other systems that you know, have different approaches. So scaling up is uh, Vern Harnish's system and EOS kind of came after it. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you'd say specifically they came out of it, but I think you know, if I understand correctly, uh, Gina Wickman had done some work either with them or I'll say near them. Um, yeah. Theirs is a little more configurable, but also because it's configurable, you have a lot more decisions to make. Sure. So I think that the value of, you know, whichever one that you pick is that it gives you, like you said, is that it simplifies things. It doesn't make them easy, but it makes them simpler and like easier to digest. And I think that a lot of people, um, you know, some of the people that are in our Vistage group with us or whatever are really attracted to this, that idea. But I do feel like there's kind of a right and a wrong time to pull the trigger. 
like if you were you know if you 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 in your company work with you know folks that are just starting out you know all the way at the you know one guy into the garage kind of a level all the way up to companies that are much bigger and much more sophisticated and so when it comes to like pulling the trigger on like yes you should read this book and you should start running your business this way what's kind of the right is there a right and a wrong time to start like are you ever too too small to start i think that's kind of the biggest one if you're a solopreneur just starting out is it too soon for you to start looking at one of these systems or do you think that the it's better to kind of be thinking about that as you grow I think that there are some systems that if you're a solopreneur, like a true solopreneur, like really just getting started, it's like you and one other person that you could say are as valuable because you're not going to, I mean, I will say, I think the earlier you start to embrace systems as a way to solve problems for you, I mean, you just don't have to think about things if, if you do it this way. The sooner you start to do that and become intentional, the better you'll be. So, I mean, we've, we've seen EOS, not every single aspect, but just like a level 10 as a meeting format works for two people. Yeah. As a organizational tool for thinking about your priorities, it can work for one person. Sure. I don't know that it's the, the one, it's not my go-to for, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you just want kind of personal productivity and to figure out what you're about. I think it's kind of, it might be after that. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I meant to say was it's not my go-to for one person. Um, and I don't think you necessarily need, if you're an early, early stage company, like say in software, which is all about learning velocity, certain aspects of EOS, just you've got to go at such a high velocity. For example, with um, Rocks, and I talked with... Um, and so rocks are like your quarterly priorities, basically. Yeah, yeah. rocks are your, like, these are what we're trying to do. These are the big things we're going to do over the next 90 days. Um, and I'm trying to think of the name of the Rocket Fuel co-author, not Mike. Mark Winters. Mark Winters. I talked with him about it one time. Uh, we talked briefly. And he was like, yeah, well, I mean, earlier stage companies, 90 days is too long. And so we have, we dial it back. But if you look at, Traction, I feel like they nailed one particular demographic here somewhere. I can't remember. They tell you. Yeah. And they have a target. They have a target uh, market. I think it's 10 to 250 employees, uh, you know, one to 250 million in revenue and, um, you know, for profit entrepreneurial organizations or something like that. But it's, they kind of have their, they've sort of defined their niche as like, this is the type of company that this is designed for. Now, there are people that are nonprofits that are running that system, and there are companies that are a lot larger than that, those revenue numbers that are running the system. But I think that they do, like you said, is that the 90-day thing is a great example where it's like there are some organizations where like, dude, 90 days, like, dude, we're going to be out of business if we don't complete our next priorities in the next three weeks. But I think that there's a way, and I'm, I'm kind of qualifying this because I don't know EOS Worldwide's blessed approach, but like what we recommend people do, just cut them in half, go 45. I mean, if you have to go 30, go 30, like, but set, setting the rock or setting any sort of 30 day or 90 day target rather, that's a valuable activity in pretty much every framework, every goal setting methodology. It's about how you work back 
to inform what you're doing today to reach it. I mean, that's where the magic happens. But in terms of, of um, what you said, like for all of EOS, I think, you know, they described this scenario of hitting the ceiling. And is it, um, I'm forgetting the one that's a parable. I have it back here. Let's get a grip, maybe, or rocket fuel. One of the two they tell is a parable. And they do a great job of describing someone that EOS is really perfect for. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess the short answer is I think it varies. You can always benefit from thinking this way, but you're not going to have a strong data component on what you're doing if it's just you. You know what I mean? So I guess the big, like, and so, you know, obviously one of the pillars of any of these systems is process. And so Scott also has a lot of, you know, personal experience with that. And so we're going to get into that one in uh, part two of this interview in a second. But let's bring it home on the system piece of it real quick. And that is, is that it's like, I think that you don't want to be you know, you don't want to have one foot on the on the dock and one foot in the canoe. I think that you if you're running a business, you need to like kind of at some point you have to make a decision of like, hey, look, we're not gonna do this. We're gonna maybe take some of their ideas and just continue on our own way for a while. Or you need to make the leap and say that you go. And so if you're asking yourself that question, I guess what other questions would you bring up to really clarify that for yourself of like, hey, is it time for us to start shopping for one of these systems that we can implement versus, you know, Hey, it's just not quite time yet. How do you come to that conclusion? I mean, man, I mean, I don't, we haven't, we haven't actually conferred on whether we have the same idea on this. I think the earlier you become intentional about your decisions, the better. So EOS can, I've seen it have value for two people. You're not going to run every component, but Mm -hmm. the second you're serious about building a business, you you need to have a clear vision. You need to be, yeah. you need to be looking on a weekly cadence. And I mean, there's other frameworks out there that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got a friend with a great framework. He's an advisor of ours as a fan, TK Cater has a fantastic framework, but it's geared very specifically for software as a service startups that serve other businesses. It's hyper, hyper focused, but for EOS, I mean, if you're serious about building a business that is a real business, not just a job, I think you begin, you know, it's good to start looking at uh, your vision. It's good to start thinking about your purpose or your mission or, or what's important to you. You, you. you might have to wait on that three-year target or realize that it's going to be fuzzy, but the sooner you start to think about those things, these principles, this is why I like EOS. They did a fantastic job pulling in principles. Um, and the, you know, the idea of being intentional about going, what are the issues that are coming up? So what are my obstacles and friction points? And going, let me take that out of how I feel or how you feel person I'm working with. Let's make that a thing we talk about. You do that on day one. You know, stop thinking about the interpersonal issue and, and all that stuff and start talking about the, the thing you're building as a business in concrete terms. And, you know, uh, you know, now that you're saying that, you're kind of clarifying my thinking about this as well. And that is, you know, so at the time that we implemented EOS at CatCo, we were a very mature company. We'd been in business for 35 years at this point. And we still stumbled out of the gate trying to implement it. We still had a lot of struggles. And I just, it's just like anything else, man. It's like, 
I think that you cannot circumvent that process of, you know, the first time that you do it, you're not going to, the first time that you roll out one of your level 10 meetings in the EOS format, you're not going to be good at it. You're going to stumble through it. And so you can either do that early or you, you know, do it soon or do it later, but you can't avoid going through it's that practice. process of it's getting better. practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people should think of it as a practice, you know, I mean, um, and to your point, like 50 years ago, people were playing football, you know, American football. Um, but they were playing it very differently and the same with basketball. They were playing it very, very differently. The game has changed. And as the game evolves, we have to evolve with it. And just because when my dad played football, that they thought lifting weights would make you, uh, you know, too tight, unable to function. I mean, you try stepping on a football field today without having strengthened yourself and done a lot of work. Um, and, it, and it's no disrespect to the people on whose shoulders we stand, but things do evolve, right? I mean, like, can you imagine doing business today going, yeah, I'm not going to use any email, not going to use computers because we didn't do that. Actually, 35 years ago, I'm old enough now. I'm like, yeah, we've, we did that 35 years ago. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyway. I think that all of these, you know, whichever one you use, whether you use EOS or some of these other ones, it's like the, the good ones are going to be based on principles. And if you find the one that resonates with you, whether you That's are ready it. for a hundred, yeah, whether you're ready for a hundred percent of it or not, it's probably going to be really, really helpful to at least familiarize yourself with it. And like you said, just kind of like make the commitment and start saying, Hey, this is, I'm going to be in with this one. And as time goes on, you add more, you evolve. And then maybe one day you get to the point where it's like, hey, now we're ready to hire a professional coach to help us with this, or we're able oh, to yeah. use all of the systems or whatever. But um sounds like kind of stuff. I mean, I it, it I mean, what I like about EOS, and I don't know if you can stop me if we need to do something on time, but you know, it's so they did such a good job identifying and simplifying um the systems that you can just, you can kind of read through and, and go, oh, this is where this really makes sense for me. And, and like that one point where it resonates, finding that one that has the most value is often really valuable. But yeah. I think like I've told my kids, you should learn to run a level 10 meeting because you yeah. will use this everywhere. And I've seen this. They, that's my favorite. No, that and the people analyzer are two of my favorite mm, things, yeah. but you can really benefit from getting things out where they're visible. And even if, as you said, even if you can't use all of them, the sooner you start getting it out of your head and somewhere where you can talk about it and look at it as a thing, the better you're going to be. And, you know, I think that also the other thing too, is that the sooner that you're able to zoom out and look at your business as a whole, like mm -hmm. rather than whatever it is that you happen to be focused on at that moment, I think that the sooner that you look at it holistically, as a, as a, as an entire system of various parts, as opposed to just, you know, day one, you're all about just, you know, trying to find revenue and generating cash flow. The sooner that you take that big picture, look, I think the sooner that you're going to probably evolve into a, you know, and just to a more sophisticated operation that's better equipped to take care of your customers and, and employees. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating to me. What got my attention was I was, you know, I'm teaching these principles through our platform. That's our goal is to help CEOs and help their teams and help everybody get the visibility and the context they need. And I had one customer who I was going into the onboarding and I was, they're, they're local and this was very early. So I was 
on site, which I don't usually do. And I was ready for like the fight. You know, somebody always pushes back. Well, I vision stuff's a bunch of, and I've been in like, I've, I've heard it all, man. Like, no, we don't need to put this stuff down. And they were just like, oh yeah, that's from, can we put our traction component here and our vision component? And I was just like, this is great. Like we, in five minutes, we just did the, what I was going to try to coax you guys to do over 30 minutes. How do I find more of you guys? And what I found over and over though, is the, the leadership teams that have embraced EOS, even if they haven't fully implemented, they've read traction, they'll say, this all makes sense now. Like I see it, I get it. Cause it can be overwhelming to think like you're talking about it. your business as a system. This gives you a framework for doing that, which is, that's what a great process does. Yeah. Well, and we're going to get super deep on processes here in part two, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, if, if this is something that you are thinking about, or you've had exposure to this idea and you need a little bit of clarification, it's like, you know, me personally, I'm happy to weigh in with my opinion and my experience on EOS. Scott, I'm going to volunteer Scott that, you know, we'll have his contact information and where you can get in touch with him. And so if you have questions about this, you want to go with a little bit of a deeper dive, you know, reach out to one of us and we'll be happy to give you answer whatever questions we can. And if you're running EOS or any of these other systems and you're looking for a really good platform on how you can do that, you definitely need to talk to Scott about result maps. We'll have all of the company contact information and, we'll, and so where you can learn more about his company and, and what they do um, in the show notes. And, and you can link to that and check them out and reach out if you need help in that regard as well. Absolutely. Hey, I do feel like I should say out of respect to those guys, I'm not certified or endorsed or any of that. We have all those disclaimers on our website. Like, we, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't, we didn't drop the change and, and kick out all the other platforms and, and, uh, they were, you know, and I get why, but you know, I have a lot of respect for those guys and I want to respect their rules. So I don't want anybody to think we're implementers, but we absolutely uh, love it and feel like we amplify it and it's hand in glove for what we do. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, we're going to talk to Scott again on the episode where we're going to be talking about processes, which is a very, very key pillar in running any system. And so until then, uh, Scott, thank you so much for everything that you, all the wisdom that you have shared with us and you oh my helped gosh, clarify my, my thinking. Hopefully we've clarified some thinking for some of the listeners out there as well. So if you found this episode helpful or you didn't and you have feedback for us, please, 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 we would really appreciate a review. We would appreciate your comments. You can find us on social media. And if you found this valuable, we would really appreciate it if you'd recommend it to a friend. Like and subscribe. And uh, until next time, thank you so much. Scott, thanks a lot, buddy. Hey, I do want to say and check out resultmaps.com. Resultmaps.com. Hey there. Travis Richards, one last time, thank you so much for investing your time and tuning into the show. I really hope that this was helpful to you, and I would appreciate your feedback very much. If you have some notes on what specifically from this episode was useful, or if you have ideas on what we can do better in the future. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people find us, and also just recommend us to a friend. To get in touch, visit us at www.getbetteratbusiness.com. 
That's all for this episode, and I hope that you'll join us again next time. Thanks.